The Atlanta Braves got some unexpected huge performances last year in the pitching staff from Kyle Wright, Spencer Strider, the Rysel Iglesias trade, Dylan Lee. Do we see those players regress this year and perhaps the Braves pitching staff take a step back? We'll discuss that on today's episode of Locked on Braves. So uh, let's get into it. You are Locked on Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my website, shortstopball.com. Follow me on Twitch at shortstop.com shortstop ball as well where i'll be streaming games live during the season be playing it will be the show on there so make sure you come and check me out give me a follow over there as well make sure you follow the podcast on twitter at locked on underscore brave send in any questions comments or feedback that you have for the podcast if you're new on youtube please subscribe hit that thumbs up button to help support the show and thanks as always for making locked on braves your first listen of each and every day we post episodes daily five days a week Monday through Friday, and we are free and available on all platforms. On today's episode, we're going to be doing our 2023 pitching preview for the Atlanta Braves. Yesterday, we did our hitting preview. The day before that, we did our NL East preview. So if you haven't already, make sure you go back and check those out. But on today's episode, we're going to be focusing on the pitching for the Atlanta Braves, something that was definitely a strong suit for them in 2022 and figures to be in 2023 as well but let's start out by looking at the 2022 numbers for this atlanta braves pitching staff and again a very good pitching staff one of the best in all of baseball easily a top 10 pitching staff i think you could make the case that they were a top five pitching staff and team era they were fifth with a 3.46 era starters were a little bit worse ranked ninth with a 3.72 the bullpen ranked fourth with a 3.03 ERA. Team was seventh in whip at 1.19. Again, there the bullpen was a little bit better, ranked fourth with a 1.14 whip, and the starters ranked 13th with a 1.22 whip. Something to keep in mind when looking at these numbers for the starters, Braves held on to Ian Anderson way too long into the season when he was clearly struggling and needed to be sent down, and the Braves gave him 20-plus starts when he probably should have been taken out of the rotation at 15 at the most. So keep that in mind. The Braves were struggling at the back of the rotation there at the beginning of the season. Team average against, they were fourth in all of baseball with a 226 average against. Against relievers, six with 2.214. Starters, eight at 234. And then Ks per nine, the Braves were second in all of baseball with a 9.66 K per nine. The Mets were first. Starters ranked third with a 9.34. And the bullpen also ranked third with a 10.17 K per nine. And then walks, if there's one area that the Braves pitching staff could really improve both starters and relievers, it was the walks last year. The Braves ranked fifth, 15th in walks per nine at 3.11. You really want to see that under three. The starters were at 3.07 and the bullpen was at 3.16. But still, overall, like I said, easily a, a top 10 
pitching staff, I think you could say possibly top five, but maybe somewhere in the top seven, top eight in all of baseball. The bullpen was, I think you can easily say they were top five in all of baseball, especially down the stretch in the second half after acquiring Rysel Iglesias. And I think they'll be very good again in 2023. However, if you listen to yesterday's podcast where we previewed the offense, the offense has a lot of players who underperformed last year and are looking to have better seasons in 2023. It's not the case for the pitching side of things. On the pitching side of things, there's a lot of players who perhaps outperformed what their baseline will be. And now there's questions of will they regress in 2023? So let's talk about those a little bit here. And the one candidate that I think could improve in 2023 is Charlie Morton. And obviously Charlie Morton had a a down year for himself last season. He is getting up there in age. Perhaps it's just father time finally getting to him. But you look at Fangraph's projection, projections for Charlie Morton. In 2022, he had a 434 ERA and a 1.23 whip. Certainly not the Charlie Morton we're, we're used to seeing. In 2023, Fangraph projects him to have a 3.81 ERA and a 1.24 whip. The whip's the same, ERA a good bit lower, five points lower, so that is pretty significant. I think it could get even lower than that, but just goes to show you, it was a bit unusual year for Charlie Morton, struggled with the command coming off that surgery and just really had trouble staying consistent. So hopefully we see a more consistent Charlie Morton, but I think he is, if there was one pitching candidate, whether starter or reliever, that you could point to and say, This player has a good chance of being better in 2023 than they were in 2022. I think Charlie Morton is the obvious choice. Now, as far as who could regress, pretty much everyone else. Now, I want to preface this by saying that most of the numbers I'm about to give you from Fangraph's projections, they are still really good compared to the rest of the league. These projections are just very conservative. For example, Fangraphs only projects eight relievers to have an ERA under three this upcoming season. Iglesias, Minter, McHugh, and Lee all had an ERA under three last year. In fact, 15 relievers with at least 50 innings pitched had an ERA under two, while 58 relievers with at least 50 innings pitched had an ERA under three. So again, these projections are very, very conservative. However, they do project for a lot of the Braves pitchers to st- to take a step back. Kyle Wright in particular, I've talked about the fact that he could take you know a small step back. A 3.19 ERA is maybe more like a 3.5 ERA. Fangraphs goes even further than that. They reject him to have a 3.94 ERA and a 1.31 whip. I think that's a bit drastic, but I think part of that is taking in the, the data that they have from Kyle Wright at the big league level. But I could see Kyle Wright taking a step back to more of a three and a half ERA and a 1.2 whip kind of pitcher. Still really good middle of the rotation starter, but I could see him regressing a little bit. They have Spencer Strider regressing from what was a historic rookie season. They have him going from a 2.67 ERA and a 0.99 whip to a 3.10 ERA and a 1.23 whip. So still very good numbers. For Spencer Strider. Max Freed is the one that I just don't 
get the projections on Max Freed from Fangraphs. Last year, Max Freed had a 2.48 ERA, a 1.01 whip, was second in the NL Cy Young voting, and they project him to have a 3.58 ERA and a 1.23 whip. That, that seems off to me. I, I don't know where they're getting those numbers from, but that's a full point higher on his ERA than what he had last year. But anybody who has a two and a half ERA, it's understandable that perhaps they regress a little bit, but I think it could be more to like a, a three, one, a three, two ERA, a three and a half ERA for Max Freed. Um, that would be a little bit of a drastic difference from what he was last year. And in the bullpen, Rysel Iglesias, I don't think he's going to put up a 0.34 ERA and a 0.84 whip for the Braves all of 2023. So I think if there's one candidate you could say is going to regress from last year just because they were basically untouchable once he came over from the Braves, certainly Iglesias is somebody who's going to regress some. They have him projected at a 3.45 ERA and a 1.14 whip. Again, I think that's a little overboard. I can see him around a three ERA. AJ Minter had a 2.06 ERA and a 0.91 whip last year. They have him going up to a 3.25 ERA. So again, a full run more than last year. Uh, Colin McHugh, they have his ERA going up a full run. And then also Dylan Lee, they have his ERA going up a full run and a half. So the projections are a little harsh on the Braves relievers who all had great seasons last year. Yeah, I'm sure one of these relievers is going to regress and they won't be as great as they were last season, but there's still a lot of depth there and a lot of really good relievers coming in for the Braves that I think they'll be just fine. But overall, Brave starters and relievers were really good last year, and I think they could be really good again, but it's understandable to think that some of these players could regress a little bit, and even if they regress some, it's still going to be one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball. So there's no real concerns there. But what? how are things going to shake out? We talked about on yesterday's podcast the news that um, Bryce Elder and Ian Anderson have been optioned to AAA, leaving the fifth starter race open to Dylan Dodd and Jared Schuster. Who's going to win that battle? I'll give you my projected starting rotation next. The NBA season is coming to an end. We'll have the playoffs coming soon, and March Madness begins on Thursday. So now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel app, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained early Bets for end-of-season awards for MLB are out as well, if you would like to uh, bet on those. Plus, FanDuel makes it even easier as you can combine your bets for a same-day parlay. So go make sure that you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Don't miss your chance to get the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash on. That's FanDuel.com slash on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Already mentioned a couple times yesterday, we previewed the offense for the upcoming season. Earlier in the week, we previewed the NL East. And on Monday, we talked about uh, the prospects for the upcoming season and who's going who's going to be the prospects to watch. So make sure that you go back and give those a listen. Talk a lot about Braden Shoemake and his battle for the shortstop 
job and other prospects who have impressed the most in spring training. If you want to give those a listen tomorrow, we'll be doing our mailbag podcast. So be on the lookout for my tweet from the podcast account on Twitter and reply there with your questions to be answered on Friday's mailbag episode. Getting back into our 2023 pitching preview and looking at the projected rotation, the way I have it right now, and this really just changed last night, Max Reed, Spencer Strider, Kyle Wright, Charlie Morton. That's the obvious big four. But now that fifth starter spot, which looked like it was going to be between Ian Anderson, Michael Soroka, and Bryce Elder, now is going to come down to a couple of rookies in Dylan Dodd, and Jared Schuster and credit to the Braves for giving these guys an opportunity. They have impressed in spring training. <coughs> Excuse me. And they both deserve this opportunity to get this shot. Now, if Ian Anderson didn't have options, it'd be a different story. If Bryce Elder didn't have options, it would be a different story, but they do. And, I said this, you know, the, yesterday. Bryce Elder is what he is. I don't think he's getting an option because he did anything bad. It's just Dodd and Schuster have shown more promise and more upside. I feel very comfortable about Bryce Elder being your fifth man. Anderson has more to work on, and Soroka just needs to get healthy. So it's down to Dodd and Schuster. I think Schuster has the edge just because he's pitched at the upper levels a little bit more and perhaps is more polished and prepared for this opportunity. But it's going to come down to how they finish ring training. It's going to be a really fun battle to watch, but I'm going with Schuster for now, but that could change at any moment. But you look at this rotation, and I mentioned a minute ago, you look at the big four, and Freed, Strider, Wright, and Morton. Those are the guys you're hoping that are going to be healthy and ready to go for the postseason this year. If you can get to the postseason with those guys at full strength, you feel really good about your chances of winning the postseason and winning a World Series. And really, you need two of those guys to be dominant. I think that's most likely going to be Freed and Strider if Morton can back to, can get back to his old self with all the strikeouts that he can rack up. I just think that's icing on the cake and gives them another dominant-type starter with a lot of experience. If you lose Freed or Strider, this could be really tough. Uh, the Braves still have enough there to get it done, but it would make things really tough in the postseason. And you know, I hate to put the, the cart before the horse, but I'm looking at the postseason and what it's going to take to win. And you need these guys healthy and ready to go. And even with the pro projected regression that we talked about, Fangrass projects all four of these guys to have an ERA under four and have really good seasons. So I don't want to get it twisted that even though I could see a lot of these pitchers regressing, it's still going to be one of the best rotations in all of baseball, one of the best pitching staffs from top to bottom. And again, you can win a World Series with that big four. If they are healthy and they are playing at their highest potential, especially with the offense the Braves are going to roll out, look, if this team is healthy, they can win a World Series. There is no doubt in my mind about that. But got to have pitching to win, and they need these guys to be healthy and fresh for the postseason. Now, you look at some of the depth in the starting rotation, Ian Anderson, Bryce Elder, who we talked about, uh, Dylan Dodder, Schuster, whoever doesn't get that fifth spot, and then Soroka, also Colby Allard, who's injured right now. Darius Vines could be ready for an opportunity later in the year at some point. So there's still a lot of 
depth there. It's still, you know, 10 or 11 deep, which is what you want. It usually takes about 11 starters to get through a season. So I feel very confident and I feel very good about the depth of the Braves starting rotation. And I feel good about the bullpen as well. Look, as things stand right now, it's Iglesias, Mentor, Jimenez, Lee, and McHugh. Those are your five high high leverage relievers that you're going to use in a, a game that you're winning. Those are going to be the guys that come in. Kirby A's, we're going to talk about him more in a minute. I don't know if he deserves this spot, but he's going to get it. Lucas Alicki, as another left-handed reliever, is going to be in there. Jesse Chavez, I think, gets that final spot as that long reliever kind of veteran out in the bullpen. And right now, I have Nick Anderson as the odd man out, but would not surprise me because, again, he has earned it, and he has earned the opportunity to be in that bullpen. It just comes down to the fact, are the Braves going to cut one of these guys that they have in order to make up make a spot for him? But I, I think he's pitched the spring like he's capable of getting of being in a big league bullpen. So I like Nick Anderson. I was kind of on him. You know, I love that signing when it happened and I've loved everything that I've seen from him. But right now I think he's the odd man looking out because I think Yates is going to be in there and he's probably been the worst of that group so far in spring training. And we don't want to look too highly into spring training numbers for sure, but I still, I like the depth of this bullpen and there's some other, you know, young guys at their minor league level as well, who could come up and contribute if needed to, but this is a very good start to the season bullpen with some solid depth. I will say the depth, I like the depth more coming into spring training. Some of these guys have not been great. Uh, Victor Vodnik in particular, I was really excited about seeing him in spring training and he was just awful and clearly needs more time. And they're just, you know, Seth Elledge hasn't been great. They had to let go of Danny Santana. So some of that, bullpen depth that I was really high on coming into spring training hasn't worked out quite as well. So that gives me a little bit of pause, but still the guys that they have, I feel very confident in them being able to get the job done. All right. Looking at your, your Twitter responses, I asked on Twitter, who do you think has a huge upside, a huge year on the mound starter bullpen? And who are you worried about the most starter or reliever? Jay Goldio three says excited about Strider, and mentor worried about Morton and Jimenez. I I think somebody else mentioned this, and I don't know if it's one that I included up here, but somebody else talked about Morton and the fact that perhaps he is just getting old and we're starting to see that decline. And that's the only thing that worries me about him is if this is just his natural age progression that we're seeing. Otherwise, I feel pretty confident in him bouncing back. Jimenez has not looked great in spring training, and the guys really had one good year as a reliever. And you know, my thoughts about that. If you heard me when I discussed that trade, when it happened, I didn't love it to begin with. So I'm not going to say that I'm worried about him at this moment, just based on a couple of rough spring training outings, but it certainly is on my radar. My panic meters at about a four or five right now, and it could get elevated very quickly. Cavs Buckeyes says against my better judgment, I see Strider as the best pitcher on the team. How much do hitters seeing your stuff more matter if it's unhittable? Uh, and I talked about this the other day in an article that Spencer Strider did who said, look, why would I change anything? Why would I throw any other pitch until they prove that they can hit my fastball and slider? Why don't I just focus those pitches on making them the best they can be? And I love that mentality, but not everybody can do that. And not everybody can have two elite pitches 
like he has. Um, Kaz Buckeyes says, oh, slightly concerned about Iglesias as the closer. That's more about regression to the mean than his own ability. He's one of my faves, and I agree with that. He's just, I mean, he was unhittable with the Braves last year. You can't expect that again over a full season. So I just think, as as Cavs says, regression to the mean for Iglesias probably comes back a little bit to earth, but I still think he's going to be very good for the Braves. Steve Lamb says, I'm a little worried about Freed. I think the looming possible free agency may be in his head. Uh, Morton is going to have a good year. I don't worry about Freed for that, um, the, the free agency thing. I don't think that's going to be a problem for him, but I can understand maybe there could be some concerns there. Coach Gordon Bombay says, a huge year Freed. He's really good at game-to-game adjustments, and I, I, I agree with that as well. While I'm not worried about Freed. He's such a smart pitcher and knows how to get hitters out. He's so motivated. Um, so I, I don't really worry about Freed at all. Um, Coach Gordon Bombay also says, um, never been a fan of hard throwers because of injuries, so I'll say Strider. And I take that to mean worry as in you think Strider could get hurt because of the the max effort. And, you know, that's a worry with any pitcher and especially any pitcher that throws that hard as Strider does. So I understand uh, that as well. But other than that, I'm really not concerned about his output. If he's healthy, I think Strider's going to be one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. All right, next, I want to get into Wednesday's game notes where Strider pitched and was really dominant at times and then uh, just kind of a weird outing for him overall. And then, as I hinted at earlier, Kirby Yates, a rough outing. Does he really deserve a spot in this Braves bullpen? We'll discuss that next. Everyone's always looking for a great fantasy game to see how they would do as the GM of a baseball team. And I have just the app for you if that's what you're looking for. Ultimate Pro Baseball GM is a mobile game that lets you manage your own professional baseball franchise to try and build a World Series champion. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players, managing difficult personalities, navigating your franchise through free agency, and all the ups and downs of a season. All of this is in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want. Locked on Braves listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store. So make sure you check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com, the ultimate baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. See if you can become the next Alex Anthopoulos. So make sure you go check that out and download the app. All right, I mentioned earlier, tomorrow we'll have our mailbag episode, so be thinking of some questions that you want to ask for that. I'll tweet out, uh, I'll, I'll tweet from the main account sometime on Thursday afternoon, so be on the lookout for that, and you can reply with your questions. We'll answer those Thursday night live or Friday if you're watching the replay. Now, as far as Wednesday's game notes, it was kind of a weird outing for Strider, in my opinion. It seemed like he was struggling to find his command at times. He he walked a batter, gave up six hits, but a lot of those were just really weak bloopers that dropped in. Nothing hit particularly hard against him. But then he struck out eight batters in three and two-thirds innings. Now, I have never heard of anybody in that Astros lineup. I don't know that they sent a single starter, so 
spring training stats are hard to judge in particular, but especially when somebody sends a lineup like that. So I don't really know what to read in this start by Strider. One thing I do know, I have no concerns about Spencer Strider. And if he went out there and gave up eight runs, it would not deter me from what I think Spencer Strider is going to be in 2023. So I don't really pay too much attention to guys like Strider and Freed at this point in spring training. Uh, he's ready to go. So I, I'm not concerned in the slightest about Strider. Not that Wednesday's outing was bad by any means. He struck out eight player, eight batters in three and two-thirds innings. But it's just not a player that I'm really concerned overall about the stats. Somebody that does concern me, that is Kirby Yates. and. He's given up a run, in, at least one run, in three or four outings this spring. Hasn't walked anyone and has four strikeouts in four innings, but he's given up six earned runs. He's given up seven hits, including two home runs in four outings. The Braves are paying him $6 million, so I think he's going to be in the bullpen. I think he's going to start the year in the bullpen. I don't know that he deserves it. I think Nick Anderson is proven to be more deserving of that spot to this point, but I think just simply based on the money, I think Kirby Yates is going to be in this bullpen, and I'm a little worried about him at this point. You need to see better results. He's somebody that results do matter in spring training, and the results have not been very good. So need to see Kirby Yates take a step forward. At this point, he's going to be the seventh, eighth man in the bullpen that's going to come in and mop up duty when the Braves are down, and that's just where he is right now until he shows that he can be more effective in getting hitters out. Shoemaker started with the regulars again, which I think is is noteworthy. He did go 0 for 3, had a couple of pop-outs and grounded out. Um, didn't have a ground ball hit to him, which is frustrating for me uh, because I want to see more of him defensively. But I do think it's noteworthy. This is the second time now that he started with the regulars, if you're trying to read into that sort of thing as I am. Rough day for Kevin Pilar. over 3 with two strikeouts. Uh, a bobble on a ground ball avoided a possible double play. He actually ended up getting an RBI on that. I missed a ball in right field. It was ruled an error as well. So just a rough day for him. But he did have two hits the day before. I still think he's probably going to be on the roster as that veteran outfielder. But Eli White cannot be stopped. He ended this game late, got a hit, he got a single in his first at bat, and walked in his second at bat. So, again, somebody that's probably more deserving of the roster spot, but because of options and all that, I could see him not making the roster out of camp. All right, getting to some of the chat comments um, that we have out here. Uh, AG7 says, they can manage a little pitching regression with the depth and the rotation and bullpen. I, I agree with that. And plus this offense, I think is going to be, we talked about it yesterday, I think it could be the best offense in all of baseball. So even if they're a, a top 15 pitching staff, and I think I think they're going to be top 10, but I still think the offense could carry them to a really good season. Uh, Kurt uh, Coverly kind of agrees with that as well. Says, honestly, the offense is good enough to carry the team for any stretches of pitching regression. I don't think the pitchers will struggle enough for the Braves not to pull out a 93 to 96 win season. I agree 100% with you, Kurt, there. Hollywood, I'm not sure why anyone is surprised that Anderson's being optioned. He gave me Newcomb vibes since his outing against the, against the Mets in May. Do you think they will eventually trade him? like they did Newcomb, I think they're far away from that. I mean, he has no value at this point. Um, I think their best plan of action is just a, while he has options and he has this one option left this year, send him down to AAA, let him continue to work on things, see if he can improve and hope that he does. And if not, then maybe you look at putting him in a deal 
but there's just not a lot of value there. So I don't really know why you would trade him and give up on that at this point. Uh, yes, Chandler, USA game is starting. I'm still trying to catch up on the Dominican-Puerto Rico game before I watch the U.S. game, so no spoilers, please, in the chats. The battery says, are they adjusting everyone up to account for new rules regarding the shift? So, um, yeah, that's a good – I don't know if they are in their projections or not. I uh, probably should have looked at that closer. That could be why we talked about yesterday, Matt Olson, uh, they had him having a, a much higher OPS than he had last year so i would say they probably are accounting for the new rules uh, regarding the shift uh one one iron lung says the thing that makes me more comfortable with morton is there isn't a situation in baseball that he hasn't pitched in big games small games it doesn't matter yeah i don't worry about the temperament of charlie morton i think he'll be fine it's just whether he can physically do it anymore at his age you know coming off that injury which now we're further removed from it so hopefully he is um, but I don't worry about the mentality of, of, uh, Morton at all. And I think it's a big reason why the Braves signed him back for 20 million. Cause they want him there as that leader. AG seven says Schuster and Dodd being left-handed pitcher is a nice bonus. Yeah. It's good to have another lefty in the rotation with max Samuel Riley. I remember, uh, when our rotation was just max and Ian. Yeah. Again, I don't want this headline and look, that headline is meant to draw people into the podcast, but this rotation is going to be good. This pitching staff is going to be good. There are many teams that would love to have the problems that the Braves have, quote-unquote problems that the Braves have in the pitching staff. Um, One Iron says, why not roll with six starters and give everyone plenty of rest? Other teams have done it. Any thoughts on that? We've discussed that throughout the offseason. I've said if you have six starters you really believe in, and look, if Schuster and Dodd both look good, you want to roll with both of them? then maybe give it a go and, and keep these guys rested. As, as I said at the very top, when it comes to the postseason, you want Freed ready. You want Strider fresh and ready. You want Kyle Wright, Charlie Morton fresh and ready to go for the biggest games of the year. And if it means having a six-man rotation for a little while, it has to be six guys that you trust that can help you win a game, though. And if they have that, then I'm okay with going with a six-man rotation. And look, Schuster and Dodd may both get a chance out of camp anyway if Wright doesn't progress or if he has another little hiccup. So that stuff's going to happen throughout the year. We're going to see all these guys. Samuel Riley also says, can't hide Yates in bullpen like they do. Hitters got to cut them. That's a $6 million cut, my friend. I don't think they're going to do that. Uh, they're at least going to give him a shot you know, early in the season. AG7, Nick Anderson has looked way too good. Yates might need an inflammation IL stint because he's looked terrible going back to last year and yeah maybe we do see him go on the il and we see that phantom il situation but i and i do agree nick anderson needs to be up there uh mass boost says morton's xbit was the 11th best in baseball from june 1st on last year i would think there's little i would think there's little to worry about yeah again you look at the metrics for morton you know everything was there for him to be good it's just the hit batters the walks you know the command leaving his pitches up in the zone and when he got hit, he got hit hard, but the strikeout numbers were still there. The spin rates were still there. All that still looks good for Morton to have a good season in 2023. Samuel, oh, uh, I don't want to see anything about the World Baseball Classics. I'm going to skip over that as I'm trying to catch up on these games. Um, all right, so that's going to be it for this podcast. I uh, appreciate you so much for joining, uh, whether live or watching the replay. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each 
and every day. We'll be back tomorrow for the mailbag episode. So be uh, ready for that and submit your questions on Twitter. Again, thanks for making us your first listen. Now go make your second listen to Locked On Sports Today podcast where you get the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOn underscore Braves. You can follow me at ShortstopBall. Follow me on Twitch at ShortstopBall as well. Subscribe on YouTube if you're new. Hit the thumbs up button. Also, make sure you subscribe and rate and review to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 